Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It's the list in your boy at Fightful.com with Jimmy Van and Sean Rossap. They're on fire. Boom shakalaka. Two hundred strong. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap. It's list in your boy. It is dis or January. It's January. I thought it was December because I haven't talked to Jimmy since December. But it's January fifth. It's list in your boy. Holy crap, do we have a lot of stuff this week. I interviewed Braun Breaker today. That's up all over the place. Uh, not the easiest interview I've ever done, but I got some good information out of him. Uh, this past week, I interviewed or posted the interview with Chelsea Green and Gail Kim ahead of Hard to Kill. And I think tomorrow I'm dropping Steve Macklin undefeated in Impact Wrestling ahead of Hard to Kill. Uh, we got Battle of the Belts. We had Wrestle Kingdom right after this show. Denise is going live for a Wrestle Kingdom review. Uh, Jimmy, it's been a busy week, and that's before I even get into Brock Lesnar, Tony Khan, all that good stuff. Looks like somebody sprinkled the Beetlejuice powder on my head again. Can you make it like normal size, Camillo? Is that possible? Oh, because you're you're a little man. Yeah, little once, man. Again, well, guys, once again, you're well, while he figures giant. that out, while he figures that out, I'll mute Jimmy. Leave a thumbs up subscribe tap that bell for notifications i can't tell you how important that stuff is we want to get to 100 uh youtube subscribers this year but uh donate a super chat here if you're watching live on youtube or you can go to humperchats.com if you want to leave your question or statement before you go on the air uh you can do that over at humperchats.com uh, again, we've got a couple from our friend, Dr. Six Fingers Esquire. A couple of them are going to be saved for like post AEW or Grapsity because uh, we missed a couple of his. But um, just so he knows, we're going to save those for post AEW and Grapsity. I'll probably answer uh, one today as well. But Jimmy, how, how you been? Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. You know something, Sean? I am a proud Canadian. Are and you? I've and and I've 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 always been proud of my heritage, and I've never wanted to live anywhere else. For the first time in my life, there is a sliver of me 
that questions if I'm in the wrong place, Sean. Well, I'll, let's trade. Really? Yeah. You want to do I'll, that? I'll I'll move to Toronto in your home, oh. your palatial home. Right. And you can live where I live. Well, we're doing this on January 5th, and my provincial government has just locked us down for the fourth time. I'm in my office voluntarily, and my office is a ghost town. Everybody's terrified to come in because case counts around the world are like this right now. But ICU numbers around the world, they're kind of more like this. Uh, but Sean talks about media literacy and there's a lot of ignorant people that just don't pay attention to the, uh, to the news. It's stupid. We should not be locked down. Sean, I cannot eat in a restaurant again. I can't go to a movie theater again. So stupid for, uh, it's, I told Sean before we went on there, I'm going to try my best not to get political. And Sean was like, I'm going to try not to complain about something else that he's dealing with. But I said, I'm going to try my best not to get political. But uh, it's very frustrating because this is not a serious uh, situation. Uh, it's a healthcare system problem in Canada. It is not a COVID problem. I'm going to leave it at that. How about uh, those Bengals, Jimmy? Well, I wouldn't know because currently in Canada, all sporting events have no capacity. So well, I listen, haven't been watching listen, sports. To make up for that, as a bonus, you can get me tickets to the Bengals playoff game when they they're go. In the playoffs? Yeah, they're in the playoffs. Playoffs? They sure are. Good for you, bud. I'm so excited. So happy. But... We got lots of wrestling stuff to talk about, Jimmy. Reminder, Humper Chats, Super Chats. We got You might as well keep it locked all day long. We've got just so many shows this week, it's insane. Sean hit me up this morning and he goes, uh, hey, do you have any questions for Braun Breaker? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I do, but you won't ask him. I did ask him. And, uh, well, okay, so I, I, I caught the interview. So I asked him if he would ask him about his stupid name. But I knew that there's no way Sean could ask that question, and that's fine. And then I asked about his brothers, so I saw that you did ask about that, so that's cool. But well, I didn't think the interview was so bad. Like, I thought it was fine. No, 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 it wasn't bad. Like, I got some good information out of him. You can tell he's a reserved guy. Yes. He turns it up for the cameras, for sure. Yes, yes, And, yes. Um, like, I, I was happy with what I got out of him. We talked about NXT 2.0. He was like, I found out the day before that I'd be debuting. Yeah. He talked to me about being backstage at AEW a couple of years ago, talked about his dad, talked about his brothers, uh, which, you know, of course, for I, I'm sure a bit of it's annoying to him. And this is me assuming every interview he gets going to be like, Rick Steiner, huh? Oh, yeah. Rick 100%. Steiner. Yeah. But, and, and that won't be the case for a long time because, man, they, they're not asking Roman Reigns about his dad anymore. No, so. I mean, it is. It's harder when your father had a real legacy from yeah. the current era, so to speak. So, like, Charlotte's always, or Ashley Fleer or whatever, she's always going to hear about Ric Flair. Uh, you know, I'm Simone Johnson, are you kidding? She's going to be asked about The Rock in every interview. But you're right, eventually it's going to be about him. Look at Randy Orton. I don't think they ask about Cowboy Bob much. Yeah, exactly. You know? So, yeah, you're right. Uh, and and one, I, I think he is the absolute right person to be carrying the torch for NXT. From the first moment you saw him with that singlet, his traps popping out over that thing. And then, <laughs> and, then uh, and like, he's not like 260, 270. He's listed as 230, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I think is, is you know, more normalizing. Like, if you put him next to Goldberg back in 2000, Goldberg's going to look bigger than him. But oh, yeah. he looks like a million bucks. Oh, he does. He's, and the thing is, like, he is what all the naysayers of smaller wrestlers say. That's what a wrestler should look like. But he ain't out there wrestling like Luther Reigns or Kenzo Suzuki. He's out there doing cool stuff. Top rope Frankensteiners, press slams into a power slam. He's athletic. He can move. He's entertaining with that look. And that's what goes a long way. Yes, I'd love to see him and Eichner. 
Yeah. Because because be a good did, match. did you see Eichner when when uh Riddle jumped into the suplex? <laughs> and he would hold them up there, you know, like he's he's a very strong, you know, almost surprisingly uh, strong guy. I think that he could do some interesting things with uh with Braun Breaker. But, we uh, we have uh, a few super chats. By the way, Eichner uh I went to see when I went to Orlando in 2017 and the hurricane hit, unfortunately. And because it got delayed today, I got to go to those tapings. There was a spot where he missed a dive to the outside and they refilmed it. And the crowd was just so happy for him. They, they blew up. If you go back and watch like probably a September 2017 NXT, you'll see that spot. Very cool. We have a super chat from Sri John. It says MJF, Darby, Jungle Boy, Sammy are the pillars of AEW. Which four do you think are the pillars of WWE? Right now, okay. I think it's. It, I'm, assume, so, I'm assuming he means main roster. Yeah, I'm assuming. Yes, but yeah. if I go by acts instead of names, I'm going Roman Reigns, New Day, Brock Lesnar, and if you could include the four horsewomen together, I would say them. Uh, but if not, take your pick out of any one of those four women uh, in any number of those spots. That's a great question. Yeah, it is. And I, the question too is, is he referring to young pillars? Exactly. Because like, you know, when you, when you think about the way that you just put it, Brock and Roman, that would be the equivalent of, I don't know, Omega, Moxley, Danielson, whatever. If you're talking young pillars, that's tough, Sean. And I, I would say Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, Raquel, or is she too established already to, to include her? Is Bianca too established? She's main evented to WrestleMania, won a Royal Rumble, won a world yeah. title. Yeah. Like, I think she would be too established to... That's a hell of a question. It's very difficult. That. Main main roster in terms of, like, a, a young up-and-comer. Dominic's all they got, really. Who Ooh. else do they have main roster? That young. I, I don't even want to think about no, that. No, it's very, very difficult. Very difficult. Check out last uh, edition of Fightful Magazine because I interviewed Dominic. Ernie says, Happy New Year's, fellas. Wish Fightful the best of this year. Me too. Uh, things are looking really good. We got a lot of cool stuff going on. Uh, got a lot of cool projects that we're working on. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you guys about something I've been bringing up on Twitter lately. Inside the Royal Rumble 2. Last year was a hit for our Inside the Royal Rumble feature. Last year, I spoke to Kevin Owens, Bret Hart, Drew McIntyre, Court Bauer, Duke the Dumpster, Drosy, Hurricane, Jake Hager, Victoria, Shotzi, Matt Stryker, Ricardo, Tom and Bruce Pritchard, like a lot of people. This year, I talked to a whole bunch of different names, and it's not like a history of the Royal Rumble. Instead, it is stories about the Royal Rumble, and I talked to an awful lot of people. Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, just a, a little teaser, a little taste. Uh, talked to Drew some more. I've been talking to a lot of people for this feature. It'll drop the week of Royal Rumble, but CM's got a good question here. What kind of drugs do you think TK is using if he's seeing beaches in Cleveland? So they have the Great Lakes. They announced beach break for the end of January. Yeah. And I honestly thought it was funny how they did it. They had Brandon Walker on the wrestling podcast go up and say, okay, where do you think beach break will be? And Brandon's like going in the South and Tony's like, no, nah, Cleveland in January. Jimmy, I have not traveled much, but the coldest weather I have ever felt in my life was the air coming off the lakes in January in Cleveland after a fresh haircut, courtesy of Awesome Kong. Um, it's going to be really cold. 
You know, Sean, I responded to you on Twitter when you posted that. And I never, ever post memes on Twitter. I'm not a meme guy. I get annoyed when people do nothing but post memes. This was a rare case, (laughs) a rare case when I posted a meme to Sean that said weak and feeble uh, for Margaret Thatcher, former uh, whatever she was, (laughs) prime minister of of, of England. Because I'm Canadian and whatever you dealt with in Cleveland, I know I've dealt with worse. Oh, buddy. When I saw the Minnesota temperature and it was like, 25 30 i was like oh i can deal with that well then i get up there and i'm like oh wait it's not like you're walking through soup like it is here in kentucky <laughs> there's humidity all like everywhere in kentucky yeah, yeah so yeah, that yeah. was different and and cleveland was a, a lot of the same hannah brings that up too it was so cold there so cold oh uh, you 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 weak americans let's talk about uh new year's evil and and we already okay. addressed it my first question for you so is tony Khan. oh wait no that's a different We'll we'll get to we'll get to, to Tony Khan. It was but, a joke, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. Does yeah. it happen on New Year's Eve? Cute. So New Year's Evil, was this the official coronation of Ron Breaker as the next yes. big thing in WWE? You think it was the official coronation, yeah? Yes. And I definitely think so. I mean, when they're hitting up a me of all people and they're saying, <laughs> Hey, do you want to interview the new NXT champ tomorrow at twelve fifteen? And I go they they want the push. Shaq had him too. I saw. Yes, yeah, but who gives a shit about him? Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it gets everybody. He does. But he does. It's very clear to me. Like they're they're establishing he's here. He's the guy. I wouldn't have had him have that first match, but I think maybe they did it to to gauge their audience to be like, oh look, he's not being handed everything immediately. Yeah. Like that, that first title match. He's he's got to work his way back up, but. I kind of like that he got it really quickly because you look at him, you see that first match and you're like, there's something special there. I almost, I I don't mind him losing the first match. I almost, you know, I almost want to pattern his push after George St. Pierre, you know, George St. Pierre, he lost to Matt Hughes the first time won the rematch. Then they had a third match that he won again. They could even do a thing with uh, Braun Breaker where, you know, he gets two into the celebrity and then he goes into a title defense that he should easily win and he loses like Matt Sarah. I'm told that uh, GSP Matt Hughes spot for a wrestling match I was in where GSP has the double wrist lock on the bottom and you're not supposed to do that because you can turn it around in the arm bar uh, really easily. Is that the one you mean? Is that the one when he lost or the one when Matt Hughes? Yes, yeah. When he lost to Matt Hughes, he had a double wrist lock on from the bottom. Well, when you're on the bottom, you don't have the pressure of the mat preventing somebody from stepping over and taking the arm bar. So that's what Matt Hughes did. It's such a good pro wrestling spot that nobody uses. Now, do you think, and we've talked about this in the past, but now that Braun Breaker has been kind of coronated, do you think that his name is going to hinder him from reaching his potential on the main roster? Do I think I think that he would have a better chance if he was Rex Steiner or anything Steiner? Yeah, uh, Braun Steiner would have been better. I yep. mean, Bronson is his name. Yep. Uh, so he's going to be able to use Braun wherever he goes, like no matter what, because that's a part of his actual name. Mm-hmm. If it were Rex Steiner, they would have to adjust it a little bit if he ever went outside WWE. But I I think they should have really adjusted it or but I mean they can always change it. They changed Seth Rollins' name to Seth freaking Rollins recently. So yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I just question, you know, again, can you have this guy on the tonight show without them making fun of his name? 
Like that's just kind yeah, of what is, I wonder. It is a dumb name. So I I, I question if that's going to hinder his growth. But I guess we'll see what happens. I also wanted to talk about Carmelo Hayes because he unified the North American and the cruiserweight titles. He is one of the the young pillars to me. He is this generation Shawn Michaels to me. And I look, you know, I I saw the match was strong, and he's got the innovative aerial offense that he does. But he's got the personality. So, you know, I look at him almost like a ricochet, but ricochet has always kind of been missing the charisma component. And we know how important that is. And Carmelo Hayes has that. So he's another guy. What do you think is next for him now? I think he'll be in the Royal Rumble. I think he'll appear there. I think he'll have a good showing there. Uh, But I expect him to be in the Royal Rumble. I don't expect Braun Breaker to be in it now because I think that if he's in it, he's got to win it. And I don't think he will. Um, I don't think that he has to uh, emerge victorious out of that. But I got to ask you, did you see the Malcolm Bivens video? The one where they said goodbye to the Cruiserweight title? Have you, do you know what that's in reference to? No, I just saw a clip. Oh, I saw a clip of it. No, it's, it's a parody of the Puff Daddy, I'll be missing you video from when notorious big passed it okay. was phenomenal go to, watch okay. that everybody. yeah i saw a little clip okay all right well i guess we'll move on and talk about wwe and covid uh and matter of fact we'll talk about wrestling and covid but we'll start with wwe and covid because it kind of goes hand in hand so first and foremost i guess roman reigns the day of day one or maybe it was the night before we find out that he's out of the, the title match with brock lesnar What's the latest you're hearing on him? Because WWE did change the isolation following the CDC guidelines from 10 days to five days. So he would be available for SmackDown on Friday. What are you hearing about Roman Reigns? I have not heard that he's been cleared as of yet. And um, he said that he tested positive that morning. So he would possibly be able to get cleared if he had a couple neg- negative tests. If he got cleared before then, I just don't know if that's the case. But they have added Brock to that show so, I mean, that is a bit of a make good. Um, so, at least there's that. We also have a, a super chat from Tom Brady who says, when Carmelo shoots, he really doesn't miss. I love that. But uh, as far as Roman Reigns, that was a very, very unfortunate situation. And I started, I've got a bunch on Fightful Select about it. So, go ahead and subscribe, guys. But they started to find out early afternoon. And then the ball got really rolling towards the evening. And they had a, a major change to that show, obviously. And I actually think now, so long as Roman was okay, because, you know, we, we know he's immunocompromised. So long as he's okay, I think this was a blessing in disguise. Because yeah. I think that given that the plan was to do Brock and Roman at Mania, I don't think that they necessarily needed to do to get it day one. They just done it in Saudi Arabia. I think the pivot was a blessing in disguise. And I know that a lot of people were bummed out about Big E. Uh, losing and I understand the disappointment and he's the one that took the pin. I understand the disappointment. The fact that he was introduced fourth as the champion and Brock was introduced last as the challenger unnecessary uh, and foreshadowing if anything. So I understand the disappointment with all of that, but I do think that Brock winning was the right call for business because this is a business. And now we finally get Brock and Bobby Lashley, the match everybody's been wanting to see. Uh, at the Royal Rumble. And so I had no problem. It's funny, I was watching with my wife. And just like so many other people, you know, Biggie takes the pin. My wife goes, ah, poor Biggie. Yeah. And then when they yeah, showed people backstage Lashley, as well, people I'm backstage sure they, did. I'm sure they did. But then when they showed Lashley, the camera cut to Lashley glaring at him. I said to my wife, they're going to do Brock and, and Lashley. Yeah. And that 
excited me. You know what I mean? And so from a business perspective, I look at it like Biggie's time is going to come again. I don't think he's one and done. His time is going to come again. It's the time for Brock and Bobby Lashley. And so from a business perspective, I'm very excited about that matchup. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Jeff J says on Twitter posted this, and I think WWE deserves a lot of credit for this uh, f- as far as diversity goes. I think it's the 10th or 11th straight month that a black man will have competed for the world championship on on that brand. And that's that's incredible. What a far cry that is from three, four years ago before before Kofi mania. But um yes, I'm very excited for Brock and Bobby Lashley. Um and I don't think it's a slam dunk that Brock wins that match considering that Roman Reigns is hovering around. I know a lot of people are saying title unification, title unification. I don't want less stakes across those 5 hours of shows that I watch. I know mm-hmm. that much for sure. Um Brock versus Lashley didn't need a title, but here um, it does make me wonder. Okay, well, are they gonna are they gonna switch the title? I think it's a possibility that Lashley could beat Brock Lesnar at, at this pay per view with the help of Roman Reigns, yep. or just in general. And they go back to Brock and Roman because also they got two nights of WrestleMania to fill, Jimmy. Yep, and they've got a. They, I know they want to put asses in seats there. Yep, yep, and I, I I posted an idea on Twitter, which is not a, a rocket science idea. It's a very kind of easy one to put together. But it would make sense for Brock to declare, all right, I'm going to defend the title against Lashley at the Rumble, but I'm also declaring myself for the Rumble match because I'm going to beat Lashley, I'm going to win the Rumble, and I'm going to challenge Roman Reigns for the Universal title at WrestleMania. Then Roman costs him the match with Lashley. He still wins the Rumble. Now you've got more fire going into the WrestleMania matchup. And then you can do Lashley and somebody else, whether it be Big E or somebody else at Mania. Because I agree with you, two nights, you want to have two title matches. You don't want to have everything locked up into one. So I think, uh, I think that's where, that's, that's where they're going to go. Uh, we have a bunch of super chats and humper chats, go to humperchats.com. Leave them ahead of the show. Chris rains, Chris, I want to thank you. You've been so generous to us. You're, you're always so awesome to us. He says, as long as the Colts beat the Jags looks like Colts at Bengals in the playoffs. I need, I might need to make that trip. Oh buddy. I just, I want to go to a Bengals playoff game because um, I, since Fightful has existed, there has not been one. Uh, R26 says, The stardom match at Wrestle Kingdom was unsurprisingly fantastic. Consistently the best women's wrestling on the planet. No contest. Yes, it is. By far. Uh, we're going to be talking about Wrestle Kingdom here in a bit, but I'm glad that it got its flowers. Uh, S13 says, Longtime listener, first time asker. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Is there any hint that Disney might be buying or at least negotiating with WWE uh, with yesterday's news of the network moving to Disney Plus in Indonesia. Those deals don't necessarily mean as much. Like, for yeah. example, Impact Wrestling, which when it was TNA, moved to Sony 6 in India um, like seven years ago. They didn't mean that Sony was interested in buying the company. They were interested in the rights because maybe it performed well, maybe it had the prospect of performing well. They thought they could make a little bit of money off of it there. I don't know necessarily that one has much to do with the other, Jimmy. Yeah, I don't think anything of it at all. I, I I just don't think anything of it. I thought it was interesting what Freddie Prince said. Yes. Um, he said that he was friends with a former Fox employee who told him that when WWE was negotiating the SmackDown deal, WWE proposed. Now, this is according to somebody Freddie Prince knows. So the, you know, yes. there could be there could be facts lost in translation, but he claims that WWE proposed to Fox that as opposed to doing a licensing deal, that Fox acquired WWE. 
And yeah. that's what they were looking to have him do. And it's very possible uh, because I think Nick Khan helped put that deal together. And, and, and everybody thinks that that's one of the reasons that he's there. So it's very possible. And according and man, to the, a man can put to guilt, uh, he can put together <laughs> deals. Damn it. Better than I can put together a sentence by the, the sounds of it. Yeah. And according to the, uh, to the friend, the, the Fox employee, the price tag was too high. I'd love to know what it was. Yeah. He says it was too high. I'm thinking try to buy it, Jimmy, and find out. Oh, yeah, I should. I should. I'm thinking north of five. North of five. I five think. billion? Yes. Because what did the UFC sell for? Four. Um, yeah. But I think WWE is more valuable than uh, than the UFC. I do, too. Because yeah. it's weekly content. Multiple multiple times weekly content. Library. three weekly shows. Yeah. The library is much better. Yeah. Um, consistent monthly content that. Uh, where UFC, like Conor McGregor gets hurt 10 days before a show, bam, there goes your pay-per-view. Yes. WWE can infinitely adjust there. Yes. Uh, Eloquent says, glad to see New Japan going back to Access TV. I agree. They should have never left Access TV. They probably should have never got rid of WOW either. Uh, they should have leaned into being like the wrestling network and having this very cost-effective wrestling programming under their banner. Because I can't imagine that Sammy Hagar concerts do better. I could be wrong, but I highly doubt it. Ryan Evans says, Okada Osprey was amazing. Kenta looks like he effed himself up pretty good. Any word on his condition? Uh, no, but that high fly flow from Tanahashi was one of the most incredible that I've ever seen. Jimmy, did I ever tell you about the time that like at three in the morning, I got a message from Jordan Grace and it had a picture of Kenta and it said, hey, has anybody ever told you you kind of look like Kenta? And I didn't respond to it I because I thought I was dreaming, Jimmy. I thought I was dreaming. Really? Yes. And at like 3 p.m. the next day, I was like, did I dream that? And I went back and I looked and she had said it. And I was like, listen, I didn't reply to this till now because I thought I was dreaming. And like six hours later, she goes, I've been thinking about this all day and I have nothing. She's like, <laughs> I have no recollection of it. So basically what you're saying <laughs> is... She was in the same state of mind that Tony Khan was when he posted that tweet on New Year's Eve. That's what you're saying. Well, I'd rather get to Wrestle Kingdom first, but you know what? That was too good of a segue. Um, as far as Osprey and Okada, yes, I thought that was really good. And Eloquent says he dropped back-to-back -back banger main events. I agree, but um, I'll, I'll save my thoughts on Wrestle Kingdom till later, but we do hear you. Well, I want to. We'll get to Tony Khan in a minute, but first, I want to ask you some well, stuff about day we're one. We're gonna we're gonna skip over Wrestle Kingdom, skip over Tony Khan after that segue, and go to something else. No, let's talk about Wrestle Kingdom then. I thought all night, right. I thought so night I, one was was all right. It was eh. I could have missed it. This was the least amount of buzz I saw for Wrestle Kingdom. Okay, last year didn't have as much. These past two years are such a far cry. Jimmy, I've got like a sentimental spot for New Japan because when I was coming up at Wrestling Inc., uh, somebody else covered all the WWE news and most of the TNA news at the time. So I made a niche for myself covering uh, like ROH and New Japan. And I would stay up those wee hours to cover every New Japan show and to get all that news. And that coverage was like a big, big part of my career and establishing a lot of contacts. And now it's just like, man, nobody cared about it. It was so little. I loved seeing Shibata. That was incredible. There was some really good wrestling on night two. Um, but even, even the crowd was so much more subdued than usual. Yeah. It was, it was not the, the wrestle kingdom that I have come to love over the past 
oh gosh, the, the six years prior to that. I haven't seen the show yet, aside from a few clips. Uh, but according to Eastern Lariat, night one or day one had about 12,000 in attendance. Day two had a little more than half, about uh, 6,400 in attendance at the Tokyo Dome. So that's not great. Do you think that this lack of buzz, a lot of it is because the North American audience hasn't been able to see the foreign wrestlers, the American wrestlers, take part in big shows in New Japan over the last couple of years? Sorry, sorry, you cut out at the, the end, tail end of that. What did you say? Oh, do you think that one of the reasons for the lack of buzz is because North American fans yes. haven't been able to see, say, American, like no, no Omega, no Jericho. Absolutely. Absolutely. Makes a big difference. I, I think a lot of the American influence yes. uh, affected North American crowds. Yes. Uh, I, think, I think it actually affected their crowd locally, too, because yes. I mean, that, that American influence influences more of an American-style reaction as well. So, 100%. yes, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do about that. I mean, they're, I feel like they're trying. I mean, they got the, the deal with Noah now. You know, like I feel like they're they're trying, but you still you don't have Omega. They got Okada won the title again, but the, you don't have Omega and you don't have Jericho and you don't have those guys that are special attractions. What can you do? I mean, you know, COVID's going to be around for a while. This isn't going anywhere yep. for a while, so they're going to have to try to figure it out. Yeah, you know? and it, man, it Ricardo says the clap crowd suck all the life out of out of New Japan. I mean, that's just that's just the culture there. I always thought when Hideo Itami was in WWE, I thought a really good heel thing was would be if he sat like four or five people like in the aisle way, and he was like, this is how a crowd reacts. And they just politely clapped at everything he did, and he would get mad when crowds cheered loudly. I thought that would have been a really cool approach to that. Or anybody could have done that. But yeah, New Japan was not quite... Wrestle Kingdom wasn't quite what I had hoped. And I mean, mm -hmm. everybody used to look forward to New Year Dash too. They used to look so much forward to it. And now it's just like so so much of the audience just isn't even talking about New Japan today. Mm -hmm. I used to have to avoid Twitter if I didn't stay up for all of New Japan Wrestle Kingdom because I would see spoilers everywhere. Mm -hmm. Man. You remember how massive Omega Jericho was? Um, that was enormous. Yes, yes. Enormous at the time, you know? Yeah. So it is a big difference. But what, what can you do? Uh, I want to go back to day one and ask you one question. Yeah. So Dave Meltzer reports that prior to Brock Lesnar being added to the WWE title match, Seth Rollins was scheduled to win the WWE title. Have you heard anything about that? No, I've not heard anything about that. In fact, okay. um, talent was not told who was going to win that match prior to Brock being given who was going to win that match. There was okay. no... No information given to talent about that. And people backstage thought that, that Big E was going to win it, but that doesn't mean anything because they just weren't told. Okay. All right. And another thing about Brock Lesnar, because this is Brock being Brock. So uh, I believe it was after, yeah, well, it was after day one because he had the belt with him. Brock Lesnar's at the hotel in Atlanta and only Brock Lesnar at the hotel bar in Atlanta runs into arguably the greatest hockey player of all time. The great one, Wayne Gretzky. Did you Arguably. Well, some people arguably some, some people, people like argue about anything, don't they? Yeah, some people look at I don't want to get into a big debate about hockey, but some people look at different positions and how they evolve the position and sure. uh, so whatever. But Camilla, did you load media one? This was from Rick Tockett, who's a, a former hockey player. He's on the far right. Rick Tockett in the picture, former hockey player. Now he's a coach. He took the picture. There's Brock uh, Wayne Gretzky's in the middle holding the belt. 
only Brock Lesnar is going to be sitting at the hotel bar in Atlanta and he runs into the great one, Wayne Gretzky. I thought that was an awesome photo. No masks to be had, Sean Ross app. <laughs> and Brock Lesnar being a Canadian must have found that refreshing, you know? So, <sighs> Jimmy, who gives a shit? Yeah. Well, yeah. I know one thing. If your wiener is being masked by those bushy pubes, <laughs> hey, Camille, what are you doing? Oh, you yeah. Doing? Oh, Camille got a little overzealous. What are you doing, buddy? Overzealous, Camillo. Overzealous. Overzealous. <laughs> I'm going to cough now. <laughs> Go to manscaped.com <laughs> and unmask that beautiful dong of yours. But it's not just that. Clean then yourself. go to Blue Chew. Then go to Blue Chew. Clean yourself into the new year with the ultra <laughs> premium body wash. Use the code FIGHTFUL for 20% off plus free shipping at Manscaped. Four million men already trust Manscaped, and it's time to join them. They have engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer. It's got advanced skin-safe technology. It's waterproof. It reduces grooming accidents. You're not going to look like Kenta after his Wrestle Kingdom match. You don't want to look like like he did. Man, those tables are not safe to go through. But that advanced skin-safe technology makes it easy and safe to use that trimmer. And like I said, they have all those great formulations as well. They have toner. They have body wash that's infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling clean, nice, and moisturized. That way you're not dried out and all that. It's not just about shaping up your dong. It's about shaping that body. Use the code FIGHTFUL for 20% off plus free shipping at Manscaped. It's good stuff, my friends. All kinds of great formulations over there. Manscaped.com, code FIGHTFUL. What was that you said? All kinds of great formulations over there? Is that what you said? Yeah, that's what I said. Okay, that's good. So uh, We've got a super chat, Jimmy. Maybe you should let me read it. Sure. And it's a Fightful Select plug because Luis Hernandez says, just wanted to say thank you for the Fightful Magazine digital promotion. It's great. Fightful Select is a must. Jimmy, yes, the uh, Fightful Magazine is now for sale. <laughs> but Jimmy, tell people where they can get it for free. Yeah, so this is the January-February edition of Fightful Magazine featuring Dan Housen on the cover. And I wanted to do something for our Fightful Select subscribers. I wanted to do something to thank you guys for your support. Uh, thanks for allowing Sean Ross out to make the money that he makes. And so what I decided to do was give the digital edition of the January-February uh, issue of Fightful Magazine away for free to Fightful Select uh, subscribers. And so you can get the digital edition for free. If you're already a subscriber, go to FightfulSelect.com. We, we posted something yesterday to explain to you how you can get it. And if you're not a subscriber, just go to FightfulSelect.com, any tier, uh, and then you can get this uh, for free. And uh, this is another great one. We had EC3 wrote the Wrestler's Tribune in this one, the debut of the Fighter's Tribune, written by Nate Marquardt. Uh, Dan Housen, as you can see, they're on the cover. There's a story about Jake Paul. Lots of good stuff in this. So uh, check it out, FIFOSelect.com, if you want to get the digital edition for free or if you want the print copy. And I don't have that edition in print yet. Here's a, a, a previous one to let you know that it is a thing. The print copy, you can go to FIFOMag.com, and you can still get back issues of other ones as well if you want at FIFOMag.com. So there you go. We should probably make the original one available in print as well, Jimmy. I was going to do a limited edition. Yeah, I was. Okay. That's going to do a limited uh, edition. One of the things I love most about Fightful Magazine, if you do buy those back issues, so much of the content is evergreen. So it like it doesn't date. Like There, there are some things that are sort of time sensitive, but so many of these are timeless stories that kind of go on for, for such a long time. But 
Uh, we have a couple of super chats, couple of humper chats. Keep getting them in, guys. I need your money badly, badly. I might die if you guys don't send in super chats or humper chats. And don't forget, right after this show, Denise is live with the Wrestle Kingdom wrap up. Uh, Joel Pearl will be collecting your super chats and humper chats as well. Ray DeBlade said, I thought CM Punk, Danielson, Malachi Black, and Andrade were dream signings. This is in reference to Tony Khan yeah. uh, mentioning that he has a dream signing coming. I can predict. Who do you predict? Briscoes. The Briscoes. I think, yeah. I think Jeff Hardy. Really? I think, I think it'll be Jeff Hardy as one of them, just considering his era. Although it could be any number of people. Like, I don't know if Swerve Scott would be a dream signing. I think Swerve Scott's going there though. I thought the Briscoes because Tony Khan has been pretty outspoken about his ring of honor fandom. Yeah. Uh, and that's like, he was a big fan of punk and guys like that from the ring of honor days. And what about beer? So, oh yeah. Beer. That'd be, that'd be that could be, beer. I mean, Hey, he wasn't coming on raw. So let me tell you, he's been coming for months, Jimmy. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. So let's talk about the Tony Khan thing. All right. I was going to ask you about COVID protocol, but I guess we'll talk about Tony Khan first. There's, so, there's no update on COVID protocol. COVID protocol where? Uh, WWE and AEW. AEW, I'm still working to find out. WWE, we have a pretty significant article up on that. Uh, it's not mandated anymore. Um, but let me let me read directly from the protocol. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on that until I pull up the article. So okay, yeah. all right. Now, one thing I will note because this just came out. So Nick Jackson has tested positive. Brandon Cut or I'm sorry, Matt Jackson has tested positive. Nick uh, Brandon Cutler has tested positive, and Nick Jackson because he's been with them. He's in isolation with them as well, and so they will not be on dynamite this week uh, due to that reason. And I feel like this is going to continue happening because again, Omicron is mild but but more contagious sure. than Delta. So that's why I was wondering. I, I thought it was kind of suspect that they decided WWE decided that talent uh, no longer had to test when this variant is more contagious than the previous variant and their talent is their lifeblood. The whole thing doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but uh, that's what they're doing, I guess. Yes. Uh, WWE sent out a policy saying that masks must be worn backstage. I've heard this is enforced. Uh, they missed, they had a lot of people missing from raw last week. Right. It's re recommended that everybody gets a Pfizer or Moderna vaccine and a booster and people with the Johnson and Johnson shot should get a different booster. Really? Anybody with symptoms have to take a test. Anybody who tests positive and is vaccinated will be out for six days. On day five, if personnel are symptomatic for 24 hours, they must pass two antigen tests at least 24 hours apart before returning. Uh, fully vaccinated personnel would be asked questions and observed before entering the venue. Personnel are required to self-report any symptoms that they have to the medical staff. And anyone in close contact with someone who is test positive is allowed to become to work, but we tested daily for five days after exposure if they show no symptoms. So there you go. That's actually not bad. That's WWE. Yeah, that's not bad. And what about AEW? I'm mask still working, to, still working okay. to find it. Still okay. working to find it. Not okay. a mask mandate. I've, I've not heard. I mean, I see people walking around there without masks on the vlogs nonstop. So there's no yeah. mask mandate. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then to go along with that, I still don't understand why WWE is doing live events 
uh, when TV is where their money is made? Like, why would you risk a guy getting exposure at a live event? Then they got to go. Then, then they're not available for TV. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Maybe that's why Roman was unavailable for day one. It might have been. He was doing live events. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. Somebody said to me on Twitter, well, this time of year, the paydays are significant for the talent. The downside guarantees are higher now, I think, than they've ever been on average. So just just top up somebody's downside. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. understand. Why would you risk your biggest revenue source, which is TV, by doing live events for minimal money? I don't get yeah. it. I, I I agree with that. And I know it's like Christmas season and they thought it would do well, but yeah. uh, I, I do like that WWE has those policies in place. That's, that's pretty solid. It's, it is, it's, does, does sound pretty good. Yeah, it does it's pretty, pretty comprehensive. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the Tony Khan tweet. So I think you did the right thing by having the Grapsity guys handle the diversity topic from the big swole interview. And I am not going to comment on that. I don't think I'm the right guy to comment on that. I think the Grab City guys did, did a great job with it. But I want to touch upon Tony's tweet in and of itself. And I'm going to be very honest. I don't know if I should say this, but I don't care. I'm going to say it. When I saw that tweet from Tony Khan on New Year's Eve, and because it was New Year's Eve evening, the first thing that went through my mind immediately was he's had a little bit of the bubbly. Yeah. That was the first thing I thought of. Because I don't follow him as closely as you do on social media, but that seemed like it was out of character for him. It's, to, it's, it's I mean, that was the assumption by a lot of people, but I yes, mean, yes, I, yeah. I spoke at length about this on the backstage report podcast. Um, I spoke to Tony Khan before this and Will Washington did as well. Um, sorry, I'm getting a big bit. I'm getting such a big bit of news, Jimmy, that I'm going to have to legit take a bit of a break and you're going to have to carry this. Can you tell um, me what it is? No, I can't because I have to take a call. Really? I have. To, it's that important. Yes. Um, okay. But I spoke about it at length on the Backstage Report podcast. Please offer your thoughts. <laughs> so I look at it like this. Sometimes, I mean, obviously, you know, it, it, you obviously should not be posting on social media if you've potentially been under the influence of anything. I'm not going to suggest he was. I wasn't in the room with him. It looked like he might have been. But I look at it like this, and, I, and I'm an employer myself, and I've kind of learned, you know, e even in my company, if we have to part ways with somebody, I'm never going to go into a meeting with my staff and shit on that person. Like, I'm just never going to do it. And so for me, it was, uh, it was a mistake for him to take a cheap shot at Swole's talent especially since in the past he had put her over. I thought that was a mistake. I also thought that it was a mistake for him in the same post that he was making those comments to then promote the Rampage event that night, uh, especially the street fight that happened to feature four white blonde women when the topic at hand had to do with diversity and pro wrestling that he was trying to defend. So uh, I thought there was a lot about that tweet that was, uh, you know, ill-advised. But again, it looked to me like maybe he wasn't, uh, he didn't have full capacity of his, of his thoughts at the time it was what it was and um hopefully he's addressed the matter i know that there were certain talents in the company that had issue with it leo rush being one uh but i also saw after the fact that leo rush uh posted that i guess he had talked to tony and and things have kind of been smoothed over and i saw the captain was on the grab city podcast and he put over tony khan and he put over uh AEW's efforts when it comes to uh diversity and and so on so Hopefully that all works out. 
I know the side note about Tony Khan, and I wanted to get Sean's thoughts on this one. But uh, are you good? There are um, a lot of NXT personnel cuts coming. Really? Not on the talent side of things, but a lot of NXT personnel cuts are coming. Um, I was, yeah, um, I've been told that they're kind of establishing the the new vision of NXT 2.0 and kind of aligning some things. I've heard road dog is among them. Really? Yes. Really? Do you think they will ever do away with the 2.0 moniker? Yes. Eventually. Yes. Okay. Cause they should have by now already. They should have. And that's unfortunate, but the road dog is one. He's one of Hunter's guys, man. Yes. Um, this is definitely, yeah, this is definitely, I don't want to say surprising at this point. It's not surprising. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I would love to be on a fly on the wall when Hunter is presumably informed of these decisions. I, I, I don't see Hunter being the one to make that decision. So I'd love to be on a fly on a wall when he's informed of those decisions. But this is just my assumption because I, I don't, I'm not part of the process. I've already got a, a statement back. with with Without them addressing Road Dog specifically, yep. they said, with the continued evolution of NXT 2.0, we've decided to part ways with some of our staff based in our performance center. We thank them for their many contributions through the years and wish them the best. Hmm. Unfortunate timing. Yes. You know, a few days into a new year. That's too bad. That's too bad. Um, I, well... So, me, um, I, I'm going to talk about the Tony Khan thing as soon sure. as I get this statement typed out to, to Twitter. But, uh, but yeah, it's who boy, this is, it's, it's a bummer to hear, but, um, it is. Yeah. Well, how about this? You type out that statement and then I'm going to talk about Tony Khan's, uh, radio interview. Sure. And then maybe you can then chime in with your thoughts because I wanted to ask you your thoughts on it. Yeah. But, uh, so basically Tony was interviewed yesterday, January 4th by Z 100 New York radio. And he gave a quote about Jade Cargill. And I'm going to give you the exact quote. And then, uh, and then I want Sean's thoughts that I can chime in with my own. But this was the quote. Jade Cargill, probably the most dominant run, in my opinion, any wrestler in North America has been on, on television, since Bill Goldberg 25 years ago. Now, a lot of people were very quick to, to point out on social media, did he forget about Asuka? Asuka had a two-year undefeated reign in, in NXT. He mentioned Bill Goldberg. That means that you can talk male or female. And so when you think about the last 25 years, I mean, what about John Cena? If we're being, if we're being serious, what about Brock Lesnar's run in 2014 when he annihilated everybody? What about Roman Reigns' current run? There's a lot of people that have had very dominant runs. And so the first question that I wanted to ask Sean is, do you think that Tony felt the need to say that based on his tweet on New Year's Eve, because Jade Cargill happens to be a black athlete. Perhaps, yes. Um, I have spoken to a lot of people within AEW that said that Tony is very, um, very passionate about the diversity subject because that has constantly been brought up. Um, And he's passionate about it behind the scenes and there. Um, Again, I encourage everybody, again, I'm kind of lumping this in with the last topic that I had to hit the bricks on, which doesn't look great for me considering how some people were like, oh, dodging the topic. I spoke about this for like 20 minutes on the backstage report. I did not like the way that it was approached by Tony Khan. I thought it was a bad approach. Um, There were some points that he had, and we, we had a very spirited conversation and had it out a little bit, but... 
Um, this was before the tweet. Since then, haven't really spoken much to him. Mm -hmm. uh, Will had his thoughts on it as well. While some of the points that that he raised were valid, the approach, I think, was off. And I think that some of his talent also raised that concern as well. And um, I don't think it was necessary. And f I saw a lot of people say, oh, well, Vince McMahon would never. Well, you know what Vince McMahon would do? He'd go and say the N-word on pay-per-view. He's done that. This doesn't have to be a WWE, AEW, how would they do this thing? Tony yep. Khan runs his company. He can run his company how he wants. There's lots of stuff that that other heads of companies would do that others would do. but and, and that's where people say Tony doesn't act like a professional, not to single you out. Professional is what you deem professional within the context of your own company. Like anything can be professional. I just personally, I wouldn't have done that. And I am not the the first person to um, be taking criticism advice from. That's for damn sure. Because you always hear that negative voice more and more and more. Uh, I also spoke to Swole. And Swole was in, I don't want to say good spirits, positive spirits, very much a I'm not going to let this disturb my peace type of thing. Mm -hmm. But then you get people that that do that stupid tribalism bullshit over pro wrestling. Like, sincerely. Get a fucking life if you are wishing somebody death over a wrestling, wrestling interview, anything else, or harm or anything like that. And that's unfortunately what people forget a lot of times. They 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 don't they don't treat sports entertainment like it's sports entertainment. They treat it like it's life and death, and it's yes. not always life and death. I mean, it's almost never Agreed. life and death. In very rare, rare, rare instances. And admittedly, more so over the past couple of years, it's been life and death because we've had a deadly pandemic going on. Uh, yeah. You're right, though. People people get personally offended. They do. They get personally offended by wrestling opinion. And uh, and, and I've never quite understood it. And, and as far as Tony's tweet goes, I think it's fair to say different night, different headspace. He would have thought twice about that or he wouldn't have just flat out not posted that. Uh, so uh, at least I'd like to give him the, give him the, the credit and say that he wouldn't do that. I mean, obviously big swole's interview, she was talking about talent diversity. That was the whole point. Uh, yeah. and so for him to start his tweet by saying, well, the top two executives are Brown, just a terrible thing to say, but again, and, um, different night, different headspace. I like one of the issues that Tony had brought up was that I was a white guy tweeting this article out and. It's like I tweeted the article. Like right. I don't, I don't weigh in on shit that's out of my depth. Right. And I felt like that was out of my depth. And no matter what I said, there was or didn't say, I I couldn't have won there. I wanted to wait and listen to people with personal experience on that situation. On on that, I cannot relate to that. I'm a white guy from Kentucky. That I can't possibly understand or relate to any of that stuff. And I wanted to wait and listen and learn. And there's nothing wrong with that. And anybody that's saying that there is, is fucking ridiculous. I understand that we've got like a big platform and all that, but there's not like, I don't have the answers. I don't have, I just don't have all the answers to stuff or any answers for a lot of stuff like that. But I also wanted to speak about people who were like, oh, well, they're, they're, they don't want to criticize AEW because they'll get their press badge revoked. revoked. We lose money on those trips. Like we don't make money on those trips. I'm glad that we, you admit that, Sean. We Thank do, you. but but I mean, the reason that we do it is because our audience wants to 
wants us to do those scrums and do things like that. So it was, it was like one of those things like, yeah, we'll, we'll go to them, but we don't live and die by that. In fact, we make our money on things that companies don't want us to know usually. So it was like, it was just so, so unusual. The, that, that type say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards. As we know it, if you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply the thing from the tony aspect of it i would not have done that he can run his company how he wants but there's going to be criticism that comes along and it's going to happen more and more and more awesome kong retired when she left melanie cruz just doesn't do interviews uh jimmy havoc got out of the business and what's he going to say to barry aew nothing Mm -hmm. i thought big swole's approach was pretty pretty just straightforward and standard and the, the thing that people have to realize is when we when we report these podcast interviews, we're not there. This is their recounting of the situation. So we've got people in AEW that would hit us up or hit up other people and say, well, we don't think you're fair to AEW based on this. Then do an interview. Say, say what you feel. Tell us about that. We're going to cover that too. Unless they deem themselves to be like Ryback territory of we shouldn't listen to them because... Mm-hmm. They're just being sensationalist. We're going to generally cover it. Um, There have been some people that have left AEW that have hit that territory. But uh, it's just like, it's so. I mean, the the Fightful post that Tony referenced, that was just an interview transcript. That was not an op-ed piece. That was an interview transcript. And he exactly right. And, and, and so for him to, to, to take that as a source of anger for him, uh, I saw that the, the messages that Sean was having with him and he was irate. It was an interview transcript. And it so, was, it was, it was the point in that conversation where I didn't, I wouldn't say I matched that, but I had to say like, you got to chill out or else I could never as a human cover that type of product again. And it was just like, it was, it's basic media literacy and coming from someone who has experienced so much of that in, and honestly experienced a lot of criticism across soccer and football. Sure. A lot. Yep. Um, I, I was surprised, but again, I'm not exactly the person to be like, Oh, this is how you handle criticism. Cause I don't handle it. Well, it affects me greatly on, on a daily basis. Um, but I just, I didn't like that approach. I didn't like the approach to me. I didn't like the approach to to Swole. I think it could have been avoided. Mm-hmm. I think that personally, and somebody said, what would you have done? I would have said, we hear those concerns and criticisms and we've had those conversations and we're always striving to get better in all areas. And I then, know, I know what I would have done on New Year's Eve. I would have put my phone down. Sure. And, um, 
I think that a better idea is when he was on Brandon Walker's show today. Brandon Walker could have asked him about it, and you could have seen Tony's reactions, his emotions, his sincerity. There's not a lot of sincerity you can add behind a tweet, especially a promotional tweet, where you're saying, like, yeah, what about all these other people? Um, And, again, I I encourage you guys to check out the Grapsity podcast on Saturday, one of the best podcasts that our network has even said. Then there are some things that, you know, I think should be noted. Fightful itself reported in November that AEW opted to not renew her and just kind of allowed her to say, yeah, it was mutual. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. what we heard from within the company back then, well before this. I think that what happened was they thought that may, and this is me assuming, this is not a report. I think they thought that maybe them letting her say that or, or her saying that it was mutual would prevent any criticism. Sure. I mean, it, it was, it was the high road. I mean, it, 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 it made her look better. It was, it was definitely uh, the way to go. It's better than WWE's 90 day cycle, you know, cuts. Yes. But, uh, well, I guess got, it was what got it was. Several, we've got several super chats and Humper chats as well. Uh, R26 says the harassment swole has gotten from this show. Uh, it shows that fans, if you can call them that, learn nothing from Hana Kimura's death. Yeah. I mean, nobody should be like acting like that um, over anything wrestling and we've got dr six fingers esquire who said i can't speak to what it is to be a black wrestler but i know what it's like to be a black wrestling fan i also know what it's like to be a black professional in a disproportionately white industry diversity isn't a roster quota but if it is can anyone name the non-white referees in aew diversity isn't a self-identified brown executive flippantly dismissing the talents of a respected black wrestler who gave a measured thoughtful reflection of her time in the company, then refusing to publicly acknowledge while the ro- remaining roster minority wrestlers uh, weather the fan backlash. I think that was a, a fantastic look at this. And I have had AEW wrestlers that say, well, we want to share our experiences personally with Swole, good, bad, and indifferent, but we are afraid to because of the online reaction. Like they're afraid that they can't win no matter what they say, right. even if they say that their experience is positive. And there, there had been some things that Swole had done that had rubbed some people the wrong way. But in wrestling, when you're dealing with entertainers and people that are are working in a fictional thing, everybody's going to do something that rubs somebody the wrong way. That doesn't mean that that like she was problematic or anything like that, but. There, there were everybody has those experiences with everybody. Mm. So I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna see. And Mister Six Two Eight says Tony hasn't made up uh, for that stuff he said to that reporter about the women's division. If you're talking about the LJ thing where he cut her off, he apologized to her that day about that, and uh, I didn't agree with that either. I thought that wasn't um, the right approach to take, and all that. I think there are ways to that that. I think that on camera works a lot better because you can see the emotion of somebody and he does enough on camera interviews to think where I think that would, that would help an awful lot Mm -hmm. Uh, because the way that that tweet came off was, well, this is all of what we're doing and you shouldn't complain because of these people, by the way, we fired big swole because she's not a good wrestler. Watch Rampage tonight. I think including all that in a promotional tweet was. Yeah. And he put over the street fight. He put over the street fight, which happened to feature four white women. Like that's what he put over at the end yeah. of the tweet. I think we'll, we'll put it best uh, on the grab city pod. He said something like, uh, I was going to respond on Twitter, but you've got 240 characters 
and, and it's the you same thing. cannot win on Twitter. No, you and cannot win on Twitter. But it's the same thing what you're saying about how Tony comes off better in a video interview. It's because you've got more than 240 characters in a video interview. Like it's it's easier to explain yourself. I mean, again, you know, maybe the next time if there's a, a celebratory event happening in Tony Khan's life, he'll keep the phone down. It's really all I can say about it. I mean, I, I don't know. Um, I'd like to think that this was a a learning experience for for everybody. But uh, it's three fifty seven. We got the Wrestle Kingdom post show coming up next with Denise. Uh, Jimmy and I will be heading over to FightfulSelect.com and doing the list goes on. Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, Dan Lambert. We're going to talk about some Peacock numbers. We're going to talk about uh, the WWE women's division. We're going to talk about some Royal Rumble stuff that you hinted at on the post-raw podcast. Uh, Maybe I hinted at today, too. Oh, did you? Okay. So we're going to talk about all of that on FIFO Select. Go to FIFOSelect.com for the list goes on right now. Guys, thank you all so much. Until next time, we're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.